Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Comedy Films podcast recorded behind the blue wall in California. <laughs> everybody in the red states, stay safe. Yeah. <laughs> Arm up, get some canned food. Um, oh, you've we, already done that. Uh, we hope you're well. Um, Spoiler alert. We will be talking about the election this episode. Yeah, I know we're a movie. Up. I know we're a movie podcast, but this is uh, this is affects scared. everything. I, yeah. uh, you know what? I, I, this might be like a Lord of the Rings episode where um, you just let Jackie and I talk. And uh, this might be just you and Stephanie. <laughs> I, yeah. I can't wait to hear so, you guys go, go like, after. I'm going to try to um, um, be, be the moderate uh, voice. Yeah. Chris is a, as you know, yeah. Chris is sometimes the peacekeeper, and yeah, we now but, have a unhinged Graham Elwood. Yes. So <laughs> so, uh, so I'm just war- <laughs> forewarning everyone, I don't think I can do my job today. That's <laughs> I'm just saying. it's. Uh, I'm going to try, but I wouldn't get uh, expectations high. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> Graham Elwood has gone from a liberal moderate to a left-wing activist but yes. we'll get into that mm-hmm. after we talk about a couple of movies yes. <laughs> and uh awesome but let's introduce our guest also a uh, soon-to-be liberal activist <laughs> or, uh, or currently, or currently. Yes. <laughs> yes according to my facebook page oh man um Ladies and gentlemen, I've known this guest for many, many years. She's been a, one of the favorite guests here on the Comedy Film Nerds podcast. Aww. She's part of the Adam Carolla Network over it for Crying Out Loud. Also uh, been at the LA Podcast Festival multiple times. Ladies and gentlemen, oh, She's podcaster. also a liberal crybaby who can't accept <laughs> election results. <laughs> <laughs> so... Yeah. Oh my god! I need to make that put that that on a business card. Yeah, is that domain taken? Is that? (laughs) Oh man, we should register that, ladies and gentlemen. Stephanie Wilder Taylor. Hello, hello. Yes, I I become the person who just does all my activism from Facebook. From Facebook, (laughs) you know the person that everybody complains (laughs) about. You're not doing a lot of good in your echo chamber. Well, we're gonna we're gonna get into that later. Maybe, Maybe we should talk about the movie Trolls after the election. <laughs> you know, trolls took on a whole new meaning. I don't think they meant it to be like people that talk Trump shit on my Facebook we're gonna, page. We're going to get into later. Yes. I want to talk about what we as as humans as humans and specifically liberals should be doing. But we'll talk about some movies because mm-hmm. I, I have some distinct, and conservatives too, and conservatives like quit. You you're the worst. <laughs> Um, you're the problem. See, um, see I've already failed. <laughs> so, um, so uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll. It's, uh, it's going to be good. Times. Buckle up. Buckle up. So, so we want to start with the arrival. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about okay. the one thing that could unite this country. Yes, an alien invasion. Uh, an alien invasion. And uh, however, the one thing that could not unite this country is this movie. Uh, <laughs> Just to practice, mm-hmm. I'm going to have opinions about this movie, which I haven't seen. Mm-hmm. Just to practice for all the debating I'm going to be doing about politics. Oh, That's nice. Okay. Perfect. All the um, things I haven't researched, I'm just going to speak about them. Yeah. All right, go ahead. <laughs> um, so you're an American voter. Fantastic. Okay. Exactly. Uh, so here's the deal about this no, movie. No, just an American. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hundred million of you, million of you didn't bother. Anyway, we'll yeah, get into that. Uh, so, uh, listen, this movie Arrival had a budget of fifty million dollars, and it was originally titled "Story of Your Life" from the short story it's based on, but changed due to test audiences hating the title. Um, the setup for this film is fantastic, but the title did win the popular vote. You did. <laughs> 
account. The, uh, <laughs> deal with it. Yeah. Deal with um, it, the, There's thing about this movie. It's I, I loved the setup. You have a um, a woman who's basically broken because at the beginning you see that she's lost a child to cancer, and um, the aliens come down. She's a you know a translator, linguist slash linguist, and they need her help. Um, and then uh, the movie unfolds from there. However, the movie does one of those indie sci-fi things where it kind of flashes to her life. Like, what does this life and this tragedy with her kid have to do with these aliens arriving? And it tries to get into this metaphysical space of, like, aliens and humanity, our purpose in the world and the universe and all those things. And it fails. (laughs) It's one of those weird movies where it thinks it's a lot smarter than it is. And it goes off on these weird tangents and um, it doesn't get to where it needs to go. Like, I think of, like, really cool indie sci-fi that kind of makes those points. Like, everything from Primer to Pi to even, uh, I think it was Upstream Color, which was, like, almost, you know, indecipherable uh, on first viewing. Might have been Downstream Color. I don't remember which way the color was going. But this movie was, like, a big-budget kind of version of that. It was, like... Uh, if, do you remember a George Clooney movie a while back, Solaris, that was the remake yep. of the Russian yep. film? Um, that movie people hated because they're, oh, big budget George Clooney sci-fi movie. It wasn't. It was a very introspective, small, philosophical sci-fi movie, which was like the original one. And very slow moving. Yes, and very slow moving without the um, all of the Russian propaganda imagery. But uh, uh, <laughs> uh, this movie tried to get all those things together and just didn't. It, it failed. And there was like this weird casting choices. Like if you pull up the arrival like who played the cia agent i can't remember but he was woefully miscast it was almost like a keystone cops cia agent mm-hmm. like well this is kind of a world crisis you'd probably put your best cia guy on it not the guy who uh, can't find his phone you know think you know that that generally that's probably what would happen a bumbling uh, cia yeah, guy yeah 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 <laughs> um, yeah so uh and then uh do you feel like uh because it's funny that you mentioned george clooney and mm-hmm. having not seen this movie but uh, the thing that came to mind was gravity and how that's that storyline of sandra bullock lost a child yes seemed to be kind of tacked on to make it to give her some emotional gravity. resonance yeah yes. some yeah. you know what i'm saying yeah it, it's, where you're like you didn't really need that and it, it didn't help that much. You know what? It, it's weird. It's like it's a screenwriter's emotional go-to, <laughs> right? To really try to um, you know generate an emotional um, connection with the audience. Um, this movie tried all those things, and it tried to do all these things where it was like, oh wow, this is like two thousand and one. It's like mm-hmm. I'm getting. And no, it doesn't. It do, it never it never gets well, there. It's the same guy that um, wrote Final Destination Five. So. <laughs> it's weird that he couldn't really grasp. I'm going to say it. The nuances wow. of, uh, of heady <laughs> philosophical sci-fi. He also uh, did the Thing remake. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know what happened, but it didn't work. And the direction, uh, Dennis Villeneuve, I'm sure I'm, right. yeah, yeah, uh, I'm sure I'm This is disappointing because he did Sicario. With he did really Sicario. Liked. He also did, uh, didn't he also do Prisoners? Yeah, he did Prisoners. And he's also going to direct um, Blade Runner. Now, here's the interesting thing. I'm starting to think it's not his genre. Sci-fi is not his genre. It's not just uh, a script problem? It was, no, it was, it, was, ha- it was some direction too, for sure. Like uh, what he's really, really good at is creating tense human moments. 
like those kind of interactions between you, like prisoners was like that every scene was right. like you're on the edge of your seat. Um, and that he's really, really good at. But when you add anything fantastical or science fiction-y, I think he kind of loses his way a little bit. How like, so? Like what happens is like you can never make that connection between um, the drama going on with the aliens and the interaction of the aliens with the humans. Like he concentrates more on the drama going on with the humans, but there's so much any other things going on, you can't discount this you have to bring it all together mm-hmm. like and i don't i don't know how good he is at doing things like that like blade runner is an interesting choice he might do better at it because it's not this giant sci-fi alien thing it's really it's a grounded sci-fi where you have replicants but also or you know they have that human element to them and mm-hmm. they're they're trying to be human and pass for human so you have the human drama and emotion that I think is more grounded where this, where, you know, basically it's, it's, you know, you have an alien invasion film. Uh, and, and if you want to go on the other side of it, you can see how dumb the independence day movies is. This was like the opposite of that, but it just never got there. So I really think this was, I, I'm curious to read the short story now that it was based on, because I want to see where the movie went wrong because this movie went in these weird, I'm not going to spoil it, but there's a really weird tangent that kind of happens about three quarters of the way through. And then that becomes the crux and the um, through line of the film, but it's never really revealed. Like, it's like, Oh my God, this is so weird and uh, crazy and heady. And like, Oh, I never saw that coming. And you're like, I'm not buying it. I'm not, I'm not quite buying it. So um, I would say arrival is a swing and a miss, but I'm curious to see story of your life. And uh, is it worth, I was disappointed. Is it worth seeing to, to see, to investigate or just wait till it comes out? You know, it's definitely, video, it's definitely, yeah, it's definitely a waiter, even if you're on a plane, but it, you know, some of the criticism too was like, like CJ, when he did his uh, written review about pacing, um, the pacing didn't bother me as much because I know if you're having heady sci-fi, I don't mind a slower pace. Let all these big ideas kind of sink in a little bit. So that didn't bother me. What bothered me is that, like, you don't know what to do with any of these big ideas and you've mishandled and managed them. So um, it was a swing and a miss. It was a really great, interesting premise and an interesting idea. And I look forward to reading the short story. But it's, yeah, it didn't work. All right. Well, let's talk about Trolls. Yes, oh, let's gay. do it. Come Speaking on. of which. <laughs> Have either of you gentlemen seen Trolls? No, because I was at the film festival with Graham at Napa Valley. Oh. Um, and uh, But my kids really want to see it. We're going this weekend. Okay. It's really cute. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to see it because, you know. Because it's Trolls. Because it's Trolls. Yeah. And it's already just being marketed to death. And mm-hmm. uh it just seems bad. Mm. It seems like a shitty kids movie. But I was pleasantly surprised. <laughs> you know, so many of them are boring. Right. Too much crazy action, too many, you know, uh, too much chaos, and I get overstimulated and, you know, uh, wish I could text. It's, but <laughs> it's from the creators of Shrek. Did you know that going in or did I that didn't in- know that. Okay. okay, it felt very Shrek like. Okay. So it's starring Anna Kendrick, who By the way, anything that comes out of DreamWorks animation, they just say from the creators of Shrek. It's just, <laughs> just any loose. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't like, matter. Yeah. If it was a PA that worked on both. Okay. So right. my friend Julie and I uh saw it together with all of our kids. So we had five kids with us and as we were going in, By the I way, said, "That's a lot." But keep going. That's <laughs> a lot of kids. You have two. I have three, have three. and she has two. Okay. Um, so when we were going in, I said to her, "You know, I just, 
I always brace myself for these kids' movies where there's the jokes on two level. I think we've even talked about this before. And one of the jokes is a dick joke. This right. just for the parents. And right. then the rest of it. And I don't like that. I find it kind of offensive. I find it offensive to the fact that, like, lazy. Like, it's why don't you just write lazy. a joke that's clever yeah. that we can all laugh yes. at? That, that actually works Oh, you mean like Pixar? Yes. Yes. It's exactly. Yes. I couldn't agree more. It's not even that it's like, oh, it's too dirty. It's like, well, it's lazy. It's lazy writing. Right. Come up with a joke that we can all enjoy. Right. Kids like, should be able to list like right. dick jokes. Yeah. That, well, yeah. <laughs> if you explain it, but, you but, know, you just have to sit there and go like that. They're saying like that guy has like a big right. cock. But like, in, yeah. But like inside out, they made a Chinatown joke. Like, the kids don't have to get it. The adults can get it. But it was a smart, clever right, joke. Right, that I don't mind. Yeah, I don't exactly. mind if there's something for the adults to enjoy, but I don't like it when it's, like, dirty. Right. And for that, yeah. I, again. So, but, like, in Secret Life of Pets, there were lots of ways that they phrase things that I found really funny and amusing. And sometimes mm-hmm. the kids are going to get it, and sometimes they aren't. Um, but I felt like trolls. But I said, but the other thing that's okay when they do is they'll they'll put a bunch of 80s songs in it so that the adults can enjoy it. And it always the, makes us feel better. It does. <laughs> it does. But you know what's cute is the kids like it. And then yeah. it gives them an appreciation for my 80s music. Right. And it gives me, it's fun. So my kids kept asking, like they, hello, Lionel Richie is in that movie. Right. Hello. And yeah. they do it like a little over dramatic, and it's really funny. Right. Mm-hmm. And I enjoy that. So this movie had, I feel like, something for everyone. It was mm-hmm. like, it was cute. It had... I'm not going to say you're not going to laugh out loud, Mm -hmm. but it was not boring. It wasn't overstimulating. It had a good, a cute story. It was fun to watch. It had great music. And at the beginning, I made a joke to Julie. I was like, I go instant download, like the soundtrack. And then at the end of it, I was like, you know what? She and I looked at each other and she goes, you know what? There is actually good music. I was like, I know. We'll probably end up downloading it. And we did. And we've been listening to the Trolls soundtrack nonstop in the car. Oh, and the kids great. liked it. The kids really liked it. And the the male lead was uh, Justin Bieber. Or so I thought for half the movie because <laughs> it was actually Justin Isn't Timberlake. Justin Timberlake, yeah. But funny story, somehow somebody said, uh, one of the kids said, it's Justin Timberlake, and I heard Justin Bieber. So I'm watching and watching, and I'm like, I can't, I cannot imagine Justin Bieber being this good an actor. Like, I, just, I can't, and I just kept listening to his voice. Was he an alpha and dog, it, Justin Bieber? Yeah, yeah Jeff was. <laughs> he was seven. And at one point, I was like, I guess maybe like the falsetto in one of the songs, I guess that could be Justin Bieber. And then at the end of the movie, it said Justin Timberlake. And I was like, oh my God. Makes sense. My faith in humanity has been restored. Justin Timberlake is really an interesting and like performer yes. in the sense of, you know, he comes from this obviously big pop star right. background, but right. he's done some really interesting films as an actor. And he's funny. He's funny too, man. Mm. And never stop popping or whatever. Right. Pop never star. stop stopping. Yeah. <laughs> he was funny in that. Plus, you know, like you rep alpha dog, you know, right. um, even that movie last year with, um, with uh, Ben Affleck, where he was sort of the, gambling corruption the thing that movie was in with with Ben Affleck I forget the name of it last year but it wasn't a, it wasn't a fantastic movie um but it was I don't he even was, remember that he was interesting in it you know and he was good in the Facebook yeah, movie yes. yes do you guys remember when many many years ago we hadn't seen him for a while and then he showed up at the MTV Movie Awards 
with, and he did something with like a boom box. It was very Michael Jackson. And I remember watching it with my ago, husband, yeah. John, and just being like, this is a joke, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this is like an SNL sketch. And then I was like, he's horrible. Right. And then afterward, people were like, oh my God, it was amazing. And I was like, this is the emperor's new clothes. But then he ended up being like, Pretty good. Yeah, and, and yeah. The, the thing he sustained that it. That he's done too, like some of the SNL sketches, and is he he, he ha- sometimes the pop stars get way too sensitive. Like he gets it. All right, I'm a pop star. Some people are going to yeah, make yeah. fun of me. Like I'm, you know, and and he just sort of embraces who he is. Right. Pokes fun at it sometimes, but then also like, yeah, it I'm makes a you pop- a better performer. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I'm a pop star. Yeah. Now and did- it makes good pop songs. Yeah. I mean, yeah. can't stop the feeling is the greatest song ever. Yeah. And. Uh, <laughs> What is, it on which is in Trolls, right? Yeah, uh-huh. Don't want to waste a, a moment of Justin Timberlake. <laughs> the um, now this movie too, it sounds like it's kind of self-aware of how like kind of sugary, sweet, and glittery it is. It, uh, judging, judging from the trailers, which is kind of like a good thing, where yeah, it's Trolls. There's going to be glitter and parties and clouds and stuff, so we're going to reference that and make sure right. you're aware of it. There's going to be like a drum, uh, a grumpy Smurf. You know, right, at some point right. There. <laughs> but that stuff, you know, the thing is, you have to remember who it's for, and it is for kids. Right. And like my kids loved it. Right. Like what they your, loved it. What are the ages of your children? Uh, the my twins are going to turn nine mm-hmm. this month, and then uh, my older one just turned twelve, ah. and she loved it. Yeah, they're uh, similar ages of uh, my kids. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's great. And then my friends' kids are the same age. Steph and I are the and same nine. parent. Twelve track. and eight. Yep, we are. <laughs> right, you guys have had play dates. Yes. Like yeah. That. Yep. We have. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. <laughs> so I like that. And then on a slightly older note, I I just just I I don't want to dissect the whole movie, but I saw Middle School, which well, well, I tell believe, us about that film. Um, mm-hmm. which I thought was really good, and it has a twist, and I didn't see the twist coming, and it's very moving. I actually cried. I teared up, but it's wow. not. But it's a. But it's a funny movie. It's it's called Middle School: The Worst Years of My Life. Yes, um, based on a book. I'm, yeah, I it think has to is be it uh, James Patterson? It the book is um, James Patterson uh, and uh, Chris Tebbets wrote the book. Yeah, it's like a, from a series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. directed it's, by Steve Carr. It's from a uh, pr- point of view of a middle schooler boy. Um, and sort of coming of age, mm-hmm. but it, 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 it has that feeling of eighties movies, but what I, what I liked about it, and this is going to make me sound really conservative for no reason, but I like that there, it's very, very family friendly. There's, you can take your little ones to it and they can get the feels, but the older ones really relate to it. Like right. my older ones in middle school. So it was mm-hmm. like, she really connected with it. But it's there's nothing. They're not going for like the sex and the mm-hmm. right. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's a movie. Not to high school. No. <laughs> Listen, I like movies that are much edgier. But I mean, if you're going to take your kids to a movie and you only have a choice between like trolls or adult movies, you know, right. I, I like trolls. I like that once in a while there's a movie that's like still a family movie. That's not full of swear words, and that's that's keeping in mind, mindful of its audience, yes, and the parents, right. But that's still a good movie. The like thing it was good. Kind of it was funny. Cool about this film; it had an eight and a half million dollar budget. Uh, that's it. 
Yeah, and it's made thus as of November fourth, according to IMDb, it's made almost twenty million dollars, wow. which I like hearing. I like yeah. hearing that a low budget thing based on a. a it's well, not a, that's the thing about family movies is you're you're selling at least two tickets every time. It's always a kid more. and a parent. Yeah, you know that's the minimum you're going to sell, and a lot of times it's families, whole families go three and four tickets. You're exactly. being sold. Yeah. Yeah. Versus, well, my yeah. older daughter went to it with some friends. And it was like a big uh, milestone. She was dropped off at the movie theater with Ooh, two friends. Wow, and yeah. then a parent picked her up right, right. after the movie ended. Uh, to be 12. I know. <laughs> and then she said it was really good. And I said, do you think Sadie and Maddie would like it? That Her uh, younger sibs. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and she was like, yes, I do. And I said, is there anything like racy in it? She was like, no, not at all. Mm-hmm. So like the next day, we all went and saw it. And then right. they went crazy for it. Mm-hmm. And wanted to see it again right away, as like kids do. Okay, now that just in your family, how many tickets was that? So one, two, three, four, five. Like that's like six tickets right there. <laughs> there you go. One family. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Six tickets. <laughs> yes. If I go, it's just me. Maybe me and my girlfriend. That's right. two. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I mean, I don't think you would really like this movie that much. But you you might like you might switch it on 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 demand and you know. Well, the thing that's kind of th- that's cool to An hear airplane. about is that it that it did resonate with kids of the of the age that this movie is about, and then also yeah. then the parents of kids. So you obviously, you know, you're not in middle school, but your middle school life directly impacts your life. <laughs> you know. Yes. Yeah. And I really liked it. Like I left going, wow. That movie was really good, and it's a movie I never would have gone to see if mm-hmm. I didn't have a kid in middle school. Mm-hmm. But I really liked it. I'm telling yeah. you, I teared. I teared. Really? Yeah, I had tears. Well, that's cool. I mean, it's 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 cool to see because it's cool. funny. There aren't. It seems like there aren't as maybe I'm wrong because I don't have children, but there aren't as many middle school movies. There aren't. There's that's high what I'm school. Saying. Yeah, you're right. That's what Th- that's I'm saying. Why the there, books there need to be more. We're doing so well, like uh, uh, Diary of a Wimpy Kid, all uh-huh. those things. It struck this nerve and hit this chord where um, you know these readers were not being served. I mean, my daughter's room is full of just now that that. Um, of books that are now targeting them because it's as soon as one hits, then all the publishers go, Oh, we need to put, you know, our mm-hmm. version of it. It's out. It's like, you know, when hunger games was big, then a million clones came out. These books existed. I remember as, as a kid, the only ones I read were the SE Hinton books. Like, um, Oh yeah. Outsiders. Yeah. Uh-huh. Outsiders. Yeah, I only yeah, read these books those. about this bleak uh-huh. <laughs> fighty world. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, Rumblefish uh, and these gangs in Oklahoma. And stuff right. like that, that was me too. Yeah. The kids weren't starving and being thrown into an arena. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. true. I wish I would have had it. Well, I've yeah. been waiting, but uh, Dork Diaries has been supposedly coming out for like a few years. I've got to find out what the holdup is on that. Yeah. Wasn't that, didn't they? I wonder if it went wildly over budget. Like, oh, that would be hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's talk about, uh, I'd like the, the, the Napa Valley Film yes. Festival. So Earbuds was just up there. So much fun, that festival. <sighs> this festival, oh my goodness. Like Every movie had a wine pairing. It was, <laughs> like, it was insane. It was hilarious. My girlfriend said, I feel like it goes everywhere in Napa, there's a band setting up. Right. Like there's always like a band and right. a wine mm. tasting and then the food pairings. Right. And it was, it was so, first of all, they're only in their sixth year and they put it, they've gotten a lot of money behind this. They have yeah. big name sponsors. Napa Valley. It's Napa Valley. So there's no poor people in Napa Valley. Right. No. But they're like wealthy. Only when the filmmakers come in. <laughs> Yes, it's so funny. Um, 
So they, first of all, they put us all up in Meadowood for the artists in residence program, which is this ridiculously nice resort up in the hills. They're like hiking trails and, and, um, didn't know. Did you guys apply to get in the film festival? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We had to be accepted. Yeah. We were were only one of 10 documentaries accepted. Wow. Mm -hmm. In the artist in residence program. So there was like 20 or 30 docs that they had that played. But then in the artist of residence program, they took 10 narratives and 10 docs. Um, And and those were also in competition. Our films Mm -hmm. were in the, the, there was two, there was jury films and there were uh, audience award films. Okay. So each. So the audience award was every movie in the festival. The juried awards were just the, the ten of each, like I said, of each category. Right. And we had shorts and 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 we had, you know, we had no illusions as whether we were going to win documentary awards when we saw, you know, when when you see documentaries in a film festival, a lot of times it's very heavy, right? And Sex very, uh, yeah, yeah, literally, it's it like was that. A, it's like and it's like um, Holocaust survivor, right? Um, autistic swim team, yeah. I vote for uh, podcast movie, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm not even, uh, you know, spending the last year of someone with cancer as they die, right? Like, literally, I'm not even making this. These is, are the, these, these are the this subject, and they're not, yeah. these are fantastic movies, right? right. I want to see. We're them not all. like crying. Yeah. Ooh, no, no, no. I'm not saying we should have. Yeah, I'm not saying we should have won any of these awards. I get it, but it was great to be in that company of these hard-hitting, really emotional documentaries, and just to be kind of in that crowd was really uh, great. Yeah, I want to talk about a couple of these movies. Um, First, first, uh, um, a couple narrative uh, films that I saw. One was called um, Sticky Notes, and um, it stars. it stars uh, Ray Liotta and um, uh, this woman, uh, Rose Leslie, plays her daughter, his daughter. Um, this is a really cool, um, this is a really uh, cool indie film. So basically, um, uh, Rose Leslie plays Ray Liotta's daughter. She's a dancer. Um, I think in LA, they don't really, maybe I missed it, but it doesn't really, really specify, but she lives in kind of a city and her, her dancing career is sort of, and she's sort of dancing. She's, it's not, you know, she's sort of into it. Um, she doesn't, you know, she, you see her sort of have like kind of a one night stand. She's not really uh, in a serious relationship. Doesn't really want to be, um, and then finds out her father that she's not that close with is, is, has cancer and he's sick. And so she goes back to Florida to kind of take care of him. Um, and it brings up all of the emotions of growing up with her dad in Florida. Um, and what, you know, and Ray Liotta's funny, you know, he's just, he plays. I want to see this. It's a great, it's What's a it really sticky notes. Sticky notes. It's a fantastic. Mm-hmm. Can I watch it? I, I, does it have any yet. distribution? Well, I think it's been available. This one says it's it, it's been available since June eighteenth. But look, look like for, on i like if, on Apple. Boy, I don't know. Google it and find out. I'm just looking at the IMD page. Some of these movies might already have distribution. Some of them are looking for distribution. So, isn't it weird when big stars or people you think of that have been in big movies are in? Little teeny movies, that yeah, they, that may not even get distribution. It's, yeah. it's unbelievable. Isn't that weird? So cool. Like, here's the thing about Napa, especially from just the movies I saw, and then talking, you know, with the artists in residence. So, what artists in residence, just real quick, was sort of these little classes. Um, someone would talk about distribution, and there we'd ask questions, and sometimes we'd even have a discussion. We talk about funding. Uh, one day they split us up, documentary and narrative, and we because it was we talked about the. 
And then made you fight. Yeah, <laughs> it was a cage match. It was a film Hunger Games. Um, and uh, the doc fighting. The winner just, gets a GoPro. Yeah. <laughs> just the way the doc filmmakers fought just took a lot longer. <laughs> yeah. So they had they more got, weapons to sift yeah. through. Um, so, um, and, and, and so we had these amazing discussions and, and uh, about the ethics of, of documentary filmmaking and using that shot and not using this shot. And, and, and it was so cool because there's people, there's these two guys that, that I didn't get to see their film, but they were the guys that made, um, I think all the people that produce Real Housewives missed that. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, there was no reality TV people yeah. there. Um, these Not guys use that shot. Are you? <laughs> um, these guys that did Client Nine, um, and so people came. Some people had corporate funding. Some people got grant money. There was a couple of us that did crowdfunding, and it was really cool because I learned a lot, but then also was able to share, sort of. The, I, I told about the realities of crowdfunding. It's a lot of work. It's a full time job, um, but we own it. I don't have anyone to pay back, you know. And, right. And, and I kept saying our festival, you know, no one can cancel it. And I said, you know, and 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 I told all of them. I said, when your movies are done, reach out to me and other podcasters to promote your movie once it's for sale. Right. Um. You know, like because we've learned. I learned this from Afghanistan. Podcasting doesn't help as much promoting a release date. It helps after it's already for sale because the right. podcast listener is going to hear this later and they're going to just go, that sounds cool. and want to download it and watch it right and then. And if right. they can't, then they're not going to go back two months later and they're, go, oh, I remember I heard that movie on that podcast. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, because Afghanistan had been for sale for over 10 months when I was on Nerdist and the greatest month or two of sales for Afghanistan were when I was on Nerdist and the however giant Chris Hardwick's fan base is heard that and bought the movie. Right. Um, so I was telling, it was cool that it was cool to sort of impart, to sort of be the ambassador of podcasting and say, guys, this can really help you. Cause they all came from different backgrounds in terms of some of them were just like journalists and they got involved in a documentary subject or something like that, or just some personal thing happened to them. So, and then the narrative, you know, films were 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 really cool to listen to. So, Sticky Notes was a really good movie that I saw. Um, Little Boxes. These are the two narratives that I saw. Little Boxes was a so it was two office movies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was just all about office all supplies. about mailing. Yeah. This is, uh... <laughs> Shipping Weights was yeah. another movie I saw. It was really fantastic. Um, so um, Little Boxes was a very cool movie and very relevant to uh, what's going on. It was directed by um, Rob Meyer, um, and it was written by Annie J. Howell. I met Rob uh, that I was there um, at, at the thing. And also, I, I should say this real quick. Let me just go back to the sticky notes. I want to give that uh, director's um, name. Um, so Sticky Notes was directed by Amanda Sharp. Um, so a really cool movie. Check it out. Little Boxes is another cool movie that I saw. And it was about, um, an interracial family, um, that lives in, stop right there (laughs) (laughs) that lives in New York city. Um, and, uh, Melanie Linsky plays the wife and Nelson Ellis plays the dad and they have a son, Armani, who is played by Armani Jackson. So, they're this interracial couple living in New York, and it movie starts. She's getting a job in in Washington State. 
And they're, you know, we're going to miss Manhattan, but it's, you know, they, 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 and the filmmaker does an excellent job of just very quickly, like, well, it's better insurance, better, you know, he's a writer. Uh, she is a photographer that's getting a job working in the art department at a, at a college. So they go and it's a fictional town that they go to. It's called Rome, Washington. Okay. Um, and you start. Which one is, which one is which race? Uh, well, M- uh, Melanie uh, Linsky, you've probably seen before. She's uh, she's a white woman, and she has been in. Uh, so she's the one getting the job in the film, and her husband is the one who's a writer. Yes. Okay. Uh, she's been in the intervention. She was in Up in the Air. Uh, she's she's a. So character. she's supporting him. Yeah. Right. <laughs> she's she's a character exactly. actress, so that that if you she's on the series Togetherness. Um, if you saw, she's been on Two and a Half Men. Don't know a who bunch. she is. Anyway, if you saw her face, you might go, oh, yeah. She's okay. like a character actor like that. So um, she. Um, so they go to Rome. So they go to Rome. Uh, her husband is played by Nelson Ellis. Um, and he, uh, he's been in, he was in The Help. He was in Get On Up. He's been on True Blood. Um, so he's. They're both like I think I've seen them in something kind of actors. Right. They're not they're not you know household names, but they're but they're solid actors. So he plays the husband, and they've got their you know mixed ethnicity child. Uh huh. And they move to this all white suburb primarily, and the movie does an amazing job of showing the little. Not there's no like blatant racism. There's nobody. Right. They don't nobody paints a swastika on his door or anything like that. Right. It's just the little things like the neighbor that's trying to be cool, you know, and like, man, if you close your eyes, you can never tell that you're black. That's so awesome. Just stuff like that. Right. Like, you know, right. you don't sound black. You know, right. Just, right. And the filmmaker also does a good job of showing their sort of big city prejudices of a primarily white town. They're just assuming that the bunch of white, somewhat ignorant, or whatever, they sort right. of make these assumptions. And I don't want to get... Oh, that's interesting. It was really, I want to see this one too yeah. now. It's an excellent movie. And mm-hmm. considering I watched it two days after the election, so I was mm-hmm. like, oh boy. Um, yeah, and, that was a big theme of the awards night at Napa Valley. Everyone's like, good thing there's a lot of wine around here. Yeah, <laughs> it was, yeah. So it's, a, it's an excellent movie. And yeah. <laughs> um, so they, the filmmaker, I don't want to, I don't want to give away stuff, but, but there's some stuff happens and it's, it's how everybody reacts and. How can I see this one? I feel like you're teasing me. Um, again, look for little boxes so and see if he's told me the, uh, Rob Meyer told me that it, it'll be available on Netflix in March. So it might already oh, be for oh. sale somewhere. So if it is, look for it and mm-hmm. download it and watch it. It's a very cool movie. And then I saw a couple of great docs. Um, one was called Swim Team, about an autistic swim team. Mm-hmm. And that movie was really inspirational. Um, really, like... Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it's another one I want to see, too. It's a great documentary. So you didn't see it? You weren't hanging out with Graham? No, we had uh, we had different itineraries. Yeah. <laughs> we, this is the... F- First festival I've ever been to where you literally get an entire itinerary, each person, and then the stuff that you're expected to be at is in bold. Then the other stuff is um, 
Um, it, it's it's there, but it's Thank like, well, it's not busy, bold. It's, it's, uh, Do they tailor it to your interests? So it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. Well, are I, they I like, Graham, uh, you seem like you would like this. Or are they just like, no, you guys have to get all well, this Well, no, they were, they were like events. They were like, uh, like I didn't go up for as long as Graham. I only went up for like two full uh, days. Yeah, Graham was there oh, for the wow. week. So, but like one of the things is you get there and like, okay, we well, have your screening here. You do your Q and A, and then the next thing, there one thing I've never done this at a film festival ever. There's like a dinner. Usually, when you hear a dinner at a film festival, all right, what's well, at a bar somewhere? There's going to be a buffet of wings or whatever. <laughs> right. Fine, no problem. Yeah. This one. You go in, it's like a wedding. You sit down, there's your name at a table, and they're like waiting for you. We missed the appetizers because our screening ran late. And it was a at a winery at a, th- a three-course meal was brought out to you, each one with like a wow. wine pairing. And then you sit with your sponsors, uh, the the Napa Valley From Film a. Festival. <laughs> That's what I keep um, thinking. Sponsors who, uh, who actually... Who help you who, to who, resist yeah. the, all the wine. <laughs> who you poop, just say the just do a quick yeah. Yeah, exactly. Do a quick 10-step. <laughs> and they, they, who like, quote, pay for your screening and pay for like, you know, give money to the festival, but specifically towards your film being there. So it was oh, wow. really interesting. They were really nice. And, and how did it was, your... Screening go. They went really Was well. We four, have like four of them. Four screenings. Four screenings. Yeah. Because yeah. it's spread out over the entire valley. So there's Napa. You have to have a car for this festival. Yeah. Wow. There's Napa, the St. Helena, there's Calistoga, and there's Yountville. Um, and so you're, we screened in each one of those cities four nights in a row like each one mm. so, so you're constantly you driving all of it no I was only there for like uh, you didn't go to your own screening you sent so. Graham to a screening of your own movie well yeah they. Uh, he was the artist in residence they put him up for the whole time so i went were, no i had to pay for my hotel but i went what? they just did that for the directors yeah that was it <laughs> yeah this oh, was you're, a, not, you're for, not co-directors no no uh-uh. oh, so this was a uh, that was on my time the uh, hotel but i uh, didn't have to but buy any wine or dinner you, right? yeah <laughs> <laughs> no he brought his girlfriend so <laughs> Sorry, in buddy. this giant cottage <laughs> that he ended up scamming this is <laughs> the last him. episode of your podcast <laughs> by the way <laughs> that had what? Well, like eight eight floors or eight rooms? <laughs> no, we just had one house, one room. You know, Chris voted for Trump, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just trying to put the nail yeah. in the coffin. Yeah, after the room, right? Yeah. Um. So yeah, it was it was fantastic, and there was a. I didn't see the movie. So Swim Team is a is a fantastic film. It was directed by Laura uh, or Lara Stolman. and again, I met her and her producing partner. I met all these fantastic filmmakers. Then there was another um, uh, doc that I saw. Uh, well, there was Big Sonia. I didn't get a chance to see, but it was about a 91-year-old uh, Holocaust survivor who drives herself to her job um, and still speaks to kids. And I met her. I didn't get to see the film, but I met this woman, Sonia. And they call her wow. Big Sonia because she's like 4'10". Four, four yeah, she's yeah. teeny, but she- She was sitting funny. in front of us. She was sitting in front of us. I met her. She was a, she was a Holocaust survivor and um, and then saw this other movie called Good Business about this. Um, that's a short, right? That's a short doc. Mm-hmm. It's about 25 minutes about a chain of stores in South Africa that started hiring um, blacks in the 60s during the like height of apartheid and helped um, not only break the barriers, but they helped create these... Uh, I think it was in the ladies, these um, work, I I didn't quite understand some of this. I wanted to ask the filmmaker more, but these like work programs basically where like they gave this woman three pigs to start 
uh, her business. And now she's got like this giant piggery that she supplies all of his stores. And- is that what it's called? A piggery? Yeah, it's called a piggery. That's really? what they call it. I'm not making up a word. That is great. That I mean, I do racist. make up words. but they- Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's piggist. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it, so it was really, it was really. So um, she created a pigtropolis. It was, it was cool. <laughs> and she, you know, talked about in her Q and A about, you know, she's, a term I've never heard before about greenwashing, basically talking about companies. And she goes, I've worked at some giant corporations who are all about the bottom line, don't care about the employees, do what just, they will do whatever they got to turn a profit and then give a little bit of money to some charity and say, oh, look, we're helping in the community. She goes, this company showed, it's so successful. They've got like 1500 stores around South Africa and it's helping everybody. And so what does, so what does greenwashing mean then? I think it, I, 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 I didn't quite get what that means. And I'm mm. sure a fan, you could Google the term and figure out what, I don't know. But it seemed like what she was talking about was, I don't know, how they just greenwash, I don't know, maybe it's brainwashing. So we say, look, you know, it's we, we plunder the earth from all of its resources. But we're but, a green company. But we're a green, green company. We give a little money to this organization. That's we like, wash the blood off the diamonds. Exactly, exactly. Right. With eco-friendly water, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, and then we put, we're an eco company or right, whatever. Right, like, right, right. You know, we use uh, organic seeds to steal farms from other people or whatever the thing is. So I think that's what it was. Every genetically modified seed is organic. Right. So it really... <laughs> Watching these movies after this election give you some hope. Uh, a little, a little. I it was who won. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I, th- I think I was like raging on Facebook. You know, and after five or six days of that, you know, I said to my girlfriend, I was like, okay, so now what? What do we do? And I even talked to some of these filmmakers. Like, what do we do? Because here's a shocker. A bunch of indie filmmakers are all liberals. Um, all weird. open-minded liberals that don't mm-hmm. want to exclude an entire uh, religion and build a wall around a race of people. Um, so it was like we were all kind of That's torn. second term, building a wall around Mexico. Yeah, exactly. Around the <laughs> Except for Cancun. Country. Yeah. yeah. Except for wherever his Except for Cancun, yeah. yeah. Some casino in, in fucking yeah. <laughs> Acapulco that won't have a wall. Um, so it was like, what do we, you know, what do we do? And some of them as, as filmmakers, we were talking about this. We were having this discussion, you know, at, at one of the, you know, we're all like, it's so fantastic here. We're being treated. So all of us were like, we're never treated this well at any other festival. No, and, and it was an amazing a, festival. Look, we've been to great festivals. Yeah. SF Doc Fest Romania was fantastic. This this festival has a lot of money. Now, with, yeah, that's not to say that, you know, we weren't treated well anywhere else. We were, of course. We were t- but this one, uh, think of it more as like we were pampered. We were pampered. That's, that's the way. <laughs> we were treated well at other festivals. This yeah. one, we were pampered. I think what yeah. you're saying is your expectations are always low. So this was like a, tr- a treat. Like you're it's not like expecting. The road comic. Right. You're not expecting that. And driving, that's a sweet. Yeah. The road, it's like. No the, one disappointed you. This one just was crazy. <laughs> above right. your expectations. Exactly. Yeah. What I hear it's a good saying. way to put it. You know, it's like as a road comic you're like, "Oh, I get the condo to myself, you know, right. the right. middle act right. lives in town or whatever." Yeah. Like, but it right, has right. still hasn't been cleaned in 2 weeks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, "Hey, this one doesn't have bed bugs." All right. 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 So we're sitting there and we're talking to all these filmmakers and, you know, what can we do? And and I'm really um Especially the documentary makers. The documentary makers, mm. what can we do? Right. Because I, I think, you know, <clears throat> I'm, I'm going to just talk to the to the 
you know, any liberals listening to this right now for just a sec, we get, we need to wake the fuck up. This is what happens when we don't pay attention. You know, when we think, oh, there's a black president, it, it's, this country's not that racist, or I'm not a fan of the Democratic Party. I mean, they're not perfect, but they're not corrupt. You well, know, we don't even have to be speaking to liberals because yeah. I think it's speaking got a to bad everyone, name. everybody, or, yeah, speaking to progressive people, people right. that would like to see. Uh, our country move forward right. in its treatment of each other and of other races mm-hmm. and other countries. I mean, there's a lot of people went from Bernie sh- to Trump too. I mean, when you look at the the results, it was like you know he, he they they flipped. They were they were like, all right, no more establishment. I don't care what it is. I'm for Bernie, but now I just want to see the Trump. world burn or something. Yeah. I don't know what. Yeah. But there's like- this dichotomy. I mm-hmm. think just b- before you say what you're going to say, which is people that say, well, I voted for Trump, but I'm not racist. I am for women's rights. And and I am for I do, but the but right. They said that. I don't know how you can come to that conclusion. Listen, I hate them as much as you do. I hate those people. I really do. But some of those people do consider themselves. So, like, what can we do? Because Trump was not the answer, obviously, right. and he's not going to do what some of these people I think are going to be really upset by the fact that, like, oh, we voted for this guy. Listen, they knew what they were getting into. I I I'm done with them. Yeah, but. Some of these people claim to go, I voted for him because I didn't have another choice. I'm not racist. I don't want women to lose the right to uh-huh. control over their bodies. And I'm I just don't so tired Muslims of the whole to have to register. establishment. So I just want to blow do? it up. What yeah. do we do to include those people? Too? Well, I want to say you this. Well, well, for me, I'm, I'm, I'm not holding back anymore. Like and 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 some people are like, "Hey, Graham, you can't say the whole, all the whole Republican Party is racist." I can say, "All right, no, well, they, they are. They are. They supported this." And if you're like, "Hey, I I voted for Trump for the reasons that you said. I, I I'm tired of this system," and this look, this election showed. Yeah, Democrat is corrupt. They 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 yeah. the, the polls are wrong. People people were fed up. That's one thing that I, I I'm really excited about is that everything got blown up, Inclu- not just not just the political system, media polling every single thing because now but Chris, you don't didn't have to really get blown up we're, we'll, we'll we're, see it didn't get blown up though that's the to me the problem is i know what i know what you're saying right but it's the fucking same thing he hired people from media that that from breitbart that's oh, yeah. not really blowing anything not up. just hired it's just appointed being them less now. fact-based you know i think it's 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 business as usual for the fucking right wing but this is the first time Sorry however swearing it, it's no just, it's fine, it upsets but, me that that the if the intention was to blow it up i hope that some people are realizing that nothing's being blown up the people he's surrounding himself with are not from goldman Sachs. okay yeah i don't what's think it's being blown up I, I think the answer to that is not yet I really don't think. I really think people are, who voted for him that, like you're saying, there aren't the. They just wanted to see everything kind of get shaken up. I think they might be in for a rude awakening when it's going to be more of the same. It's a lot of. But the thing that did get blown up, which is good, is the media, the media coverage, and the polling. Now we can see because everyone trusted polling all the time for every election for years and years and years and years, and now we're seeing. Guess what? It's not accurate. It's like Nielsen's, and you know now. We don't have to listen to your bullshit anymore as far as like predictions and uh, analysis because we know you're probably not right now. And that's... Although I don't know that that's fair. I, I agree with you. But I don't know if it's fair because some of the people, if you're talking about like the Princeton, uh, what do you call that consortium, the election consortium, they, they're right. They've been right most of the time. So some of these, it, this was an aberration from what we're used to. You think it was and, an outlier? 
I do because I uh, and I goes. also think that Hillary Clinton won the popular vote. Like you can show me all the. <laughs> right. I mean, now listen. I believe that it takes a lot more for a Democrat to actually win the election because of the way the electoral college is set up. Now it hasn't completely been a problem, although it was when George Bush won and he did not win the popular vote. Right. So that and was already Gore, a problem, and we didn't fix it after that. I think Gore Obama, won by more even popular votes too. But Obama won. Yes. Okay, but he had to, if you think about it, knowing what we know about the Electoral College, more people from other parts of the country had to show up for Obama. Now, because more people showed up for Hillary Clinton short of Obama, okay, mm-hmm. but to, that more people voted for Hillary Clinton in this election than any other candidate besides Barack Obama. Right. That's a fact. Oh yeah, 1.7 so, million people more 1.7 more pe- million people voted for uh, Bush than they did for Trump. Which like is he, still, yeah. Like when he yeah. won, he, right. he's... Right. And it's still so a it's fraction. it's where it came from, and it's because of the Electoral College. Now, I'm not saying, I'm not being a whiny, like I'm not going like, well, she actually won. No, the way it is set up, yes, he won. Yeah. Fair and square. I don't believe it was rigged. I don't believe that it was it was false. That that there. I mean, there is voter suppression in some of the states. Well, there's where no the, question. The in Wisconsin, there was voter, there, in yeah. Wisconsin, yeah, there was in North Carolina, there was this proven voter suppression. I mean, there was voter suppression all over the place. But Donald Trump won. The electoral college is what it is. Demo- Democrats have to get so many more votes from from the middle of the country. Doesn't matter because they're always going to lose yeah. the popular okay. vote because well, the people. Yeah. There, there's the there's only a the handful of, of there's only a handful of swing states now. I mean, California is going to be blue. Texas is going to be red. That middle part is is fairly going to be red. But uh, when you look at like Pennsylvania, Florida, and even like Wisconsin, a couple of like what are they called the Rust Belt states now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there aren't enough swing states anymore because that's the other thing that discourages voters. Like, well, it doesn't matter. There's 15 states that matter. Right. There's 15. We have 50. Hillary didn't (laughs) campaign in uh, Vermont. Trump didn't campaign in Wyoming. Doesn't need to. Right. Like, how much campaigning does he need to do in Texas? She doesn't, she's not going to go to Texas. He barely came to California. Like, this is part of the problem. But I I really want to get back to this, Mm -hmm. the racism issue, because I'm really tired of watching the mainstream media say, oh, it's, and, 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 and I'm not, I, can, I will not let anybody that voted for him off the hook. I'm not a racist. Yes, but you, you supported a guy I'm whose policy was racist. You are supporting a guy who said, I want to build a wall, you know, uh, to keep out rapists and drug dealers. And I want to ban an entire religion. And this like, I'm, I'm really tired of like, people, well, I don't want to, I don't want to say they're all racist. If you, if you truly believe you're not a racist and you supported this guy, you are at the very least turning your head to what he said. You're turning your head to, uh, to racism in the, in, in Germany in the thirties, there was a lot of Germans who were not Nazis, but they did nothing. Right. Hate crimes have gone on the rise since Wednesday. And people like, and I've heard conservatives on my page cause I've been calling them out and, 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 the main people that don't like my posts are white males, some white women. The people who have applauded me have been people of color and women, and and many of them have emailed me <laughs> privately to say, Graham, thank you for saying this, um, because I'm afraid to post on your page 
because I don't want to have them come after me. So because it's also some, it's a bit of apathy too. Like when you, when you look at that, like, well, you know, I want to, I voted for Trump because I hate Hillary and I, I just can't vote for her. And uh, well, yeah, he said some crazy things, but that, you know, that's okay. And, and really that's, that's what you're talking about, which I agree with. I'm like, no, you vote for the person, you get everything that that person is. Yes. And, and, and what you're what saying I'm is- Driven crazy by those right. people that, and that say I, that, well, com- he's not gonna do any of those things he well, said. No, that was I, his poor platform. Right? Yeah, They're not yeah, talking no. about, there wasn't some random email from 15 years ago where You're he said responsible for your vote. You're responsible for your vote. You're responsible right. for what that person said and what they're gonna do in office. You Hil- can't Hillary just- Hillary Clinton did not say, she, I'm she was going to do anything. all Muslims <laughs> register themselves. Yeah. But yeah. people are like, yeah, but she supported countries that don't treat women well. Okay, so you're going to hate on her for something that is like three times removed. Right. But this then guy what she is wants saying, to do in this country. This guy actually yeah. sexually assaulted women, and you're going to go, well, I can't vote for her because her husband did 20 years ago. And he has, but, she has bad email management. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's, uh, uh, those did are you guys read, see this thing that went around, this blog called the whatever blog? I've, it was a great analogy. He wrote this blog. It was shared like millions of times. It was great. Where he said, if if you say that, you know, you didn't vote for racism. Okay, let's say that you ha- order cable television and you want HBO. But to get HBO, you have to have Cinemax. And you're like, but I don't want Cinemax. I don't, I don't need Cinemax. What comes with I don't it? watch Tough. Cinemax. Mm-hmm. Well, doesn't matter. You're getting Cinemax if you, if you want HBO. So if you want HBO bad enough, you're getting Cinemax. Right. Yeah, but I don't watch Cinemax. Okay, and cin- I get it. But you're, but Cinemax is just letting you know, <laughs> Cinemax will 100% be included on your program. You'll see it on your bill every month. So you're going to have Cinemax. And some of your money is going to Cinemax. Yeah, and yeah. Some of your money is going to yeah. Cinemax because that's how it works. It's so part of the package. So you're like, so you're supporting the company. But I'm not supporting Cinemax because I didn't order Cinemax. I ordered mm. HBO. Yes, but Cinemax is on your bill. You have to have Cinemax. Okay, fine. Wanna, Give me the HBO yeah. and the Cinemax. You just fucking ordered Cinemax. And if so some of that, and if some, and if <laughs> by the way, I don't know if you know this, but Cinemax equals racism in this analogy, <laughs> right? And like, but so so this is the thing that's like that that I've really noticed from these responses. And and I have to say this too, like you know, I disagreed with you when you said like, well, all Republicans are racist, but when you frame it the way you just said it, I completely agree with of you. Of course, because mm-hmm. because now my saying Republicans are racist, I was doing two things: I was venting mm-hmm. and I was poking the tiger. Right. And I wanted to find out. I want to find out who's really pissed off at this. So yeah. I was being very deliberate. I want to know who you are and weed you out. And but I if also- you're pissed off at it, what do you say to that? Like, if you're like, how dare you? I'm a Republican. I'm a fiscal Republican. Yeah. What does that mean? You- because that you just voted for somebody who is a sociopath, who has never apologized. If you're, if you're against assaulting women, okay? Donald Trump never said, I'm really sorry that I assaulted women. He has been proven to have assaulted women. And if you want to go every single, he said publicly, nope, every single one of those people was lying. This is his whole thing. It's just, nope, everybody else is wrong. I've done none of it. He takes no responsibility for anything. At least Hillary fucking Clinton apologized for having a private email server. He's never apologizing. You're like, I don't care. He doesn't um, mean anything he said. Listen, the guy's a liar, so he's not going to do any of those things. That's that's, that's what you're saying. Well, that's what was an interesting analysis on a a sociological level where um, if you supported Trump, you took him as a candidate seriously, but didn't take anything he said literally. But if you right. were against him, you took what he said literally. I'm like, well, yeah, this is what he's saying, but you didn't take him as a candidate seriously. Right. So it was I a really, it was a really interesting, interesting point. And I'm like, yeah, because that's, 
that's um, it's not even a policy thing. It's a mental sociological thing. I took him literally, but I also know that he's totally full of shit. But my fear, which has come to fruition, is that he would put people around him. Be true sociopaths, like they're all about just what wanting to be liked and what people think of him. The guy's like an empty empty husk and power. Yeah, Yeah, he just wants Mm -hmm. the approval. He just wanted Mm -hmm. to win the presidency. He doesn't want to be the president. He's not interested in living in the White House. He's not interested in sitting in any kind of policy meetings. He's not interested in understanding how government works. He just wanted to win. He wanted to say, I won. He loves the fact he wants to go to rallies. And he's asking, can I please just go to rallies? Do you guys think he'll he'll, uh, fill the four? The whole four years? Do you think he'll serve the whole four no, years? No, I think he's going to get impeached. And and I think what, what's but going- But do you think he might quit too? He might quit or get impeached. And I no, think- No, I don't think he'll quit. I, he might get impeached. I don't think he'll quit because he's not going to do anything There's to have court- to quit. He's going to let Mike Pence run it. He's already right. said that. He said publicly, he said, I would like to be the chairman of the board and Mike Pence will be the CEO. Yeah. He. Well, Mike Pence is so evil. He is so evil. He's so against everything that I stand for. And he's such a threat to me and to my children. And I'm so angered by the fact that people voted for Mike Pence. That's what they voted for. He was the VP. Did anybody research what this guy stands for, which is conversion therapy? He wants like people to have like electro conversion therapy, gay gay men before they're allowed to have HIV drugs. Like what this guy is evil incarnate. He is Mm -hmm. absolutely against abortion, regardless of the health of the mother. He would rather have a mother die than have an abortion, it whether was, you're- He was appointed whether by the, you're, the Republicans put him in there. Yes, the Republican he was, party he, put him he in He was appeal, to appeal to the evangelicals. And yeah. they even said, and this is like such insane logic that like, well, um, you know, God let Trump run so we could get Mike Pence. I'm like, what, what? Yeah. Well, then why I, would I, God do that? I, I wanna, that, that sounds you know, like an extra step. It, uh, there's, there's, there's a, there's a, there's <laughs> He's a, God. He doesn't, he doesn't need an extra right, step. Right, he would just, right. <laughs> there's such a disconnect. And I don't think- I don't think, like I, in some of my posts, I have a fair amount of vets that follow me. Some of them listen to this show. They're living in different states. They're in Kentucky. They're in an Indiana. active duty. Listen Act, to some us of them too. are active yeah. duty. Some are in Texas, and and some of them were like, "Oh, Graham, this isn't you know all conservatives aren't racist or whatever." And I said, "That's because you're white." And I'm, that's not a slam. That's not a fuck you. That's because as a white person, if you live in a predominantly white area. It's great. It's great. It's yeah. amazing. It's awesome. There's a lot of Trader Joe's. Yes. <laughs> yes. There's parking. There's yeah. Yoga studios. It's fantastic. Yeah. Exactly, though. How much racism are you honestly seeing? And, and some of these guys, and if you're listening, I, I just want to ask you this. You're driving in your car. You're a white guy in your car. And if you're in the military, you might have some sort of I'm an army vet thing on your car. How much shit are you going to take in your day? No one's going to tell you Go back to Europe. No one's going to say anything racist and awful to you. It's not going to happen. What is? And I was talking. Wouldn't that be great if someone told you to go back, back to, to Europe? Europe? Yeah, I posted. <laughs> I that. was born here. Exactly. <laughs> but that's what's these social media posts of people that have been harassed since Wednesday have all like go back to wherever, fill in the blank of whatever ethnicity they are, or just mm-hmm. go back to where you you're from. And so that's, that's when they can't figure it out or name the country, right? <laughs> and, and this is this is yep. this is never said to white people. You could, and then people as well. You know, 
look, I, my junior high and high school were, were black. The bullies in my school were, were black guys in junior high and high school. Yeah, I've had people give me shit because I'm white, but it's not every day and it's not institutionalized. You know what I mean? Yeah. The Bloods and the Crips don't have an active footing in a political party. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I like, know exactly what you're saying. And, 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 and I'll give you even a better, I'll give you a specific examples to my life. My girlfriend has a Bernie sticker on her car, right? Mm-hmm. Since the the primary that's probably my phone oh. um since the primary she has had uh, around 15 to 20 times white males in trucks with who have trump stickers flipping her off in traffic cutting her off fuck you driving erratically around her when i'm in the car with her that never happens the times i've borrowed her car no one has ever done that to me do you think me. she could be lying yeah she's a hysterical woman <laughs> Oh, no, no, Stephanie, that's my point. Women are ding-dong nuts, and they're all like, ooh. It probably always happens at that time of the month. Yeah. Um, she doesn't even drive. Yeah, I can't let her drive. She's a woman. She can have a job or drive. She cooks. Um, but that's the point, though. Yeah. That that joke, and it's, it's an accurate one, though. Like, she said to me, like, oh, I don't want to go out to dinner alone. I'm like, come on. No, Graham, because if I do, a guy will sit down and start trying to talk to me. She's been grabbed by men. She's, when I'm not around, it happened fucking recently in the little beach town we live in. Like, when I'm not around- this Not sh- at Napa Valley. Not at Napa Valley. <laughs> well, even if you're not a no, hottie, no, uh, like, uh, uh, uh. Graham's Rich girlfriend. guy, when I was not standing next to her, I was talking to a filmmaker, a rich guy hit on her at one of the parties. Mm-hmm. Did he grab her? No, but he was clearly hitting on her. Okay, right. a guy can hit on a girl standing, fine. But my point is, my point is, it would be easy for me to go, my girl, what do you, she's- over, she's, this doesn't really happen because I don't see it. Have I had women grab my ass and say, you're sexy? Yes. I don't feel threatened that they're going to fucking overpower and rape me unless it's Ronda Rousey. Right. So, <laughs> well, look, as a and woman- And there I would let her. Yes. I tap out. She's an amazing fighter. Ronda, you can have your way with me. But you know the thing what is, you're, you're trying to, though- Well, that's called empathize. consent. <laughs> <laughs> that's called being of, of your yeah. one play martial arts. Yeah. And this is what it is. The, the problem is a lot of people, especially Republicans, can't empathize. Okay, so right. you're living your experience. So if you're white, you're like, well, that's not happening because I don't experience it and I can't imagine I being in somebody it. else's place. So mm-hmm. like as a woman, okay, I'm not a black woman, so I don't know what the black experience is unless somebody tells me what it feels like to be African-American mm-hmm. uh, uh, in this today. But I am, as a woman, I can tell you that um, at night when it's dark, even if it's only after like five o'clock because of the time change, I don't feel 100% comfortable taking my dog for a walk. That's with my dog being 50 years old. Like, it's not like I'm worried someone's going to hit on me. But guess what? I'm a woman. I'm alone. Even in my safe neighborhood, Mm -hmm. I have lived enough time on this earth to know that I'm not totally safe. As a woman, alone, I am instantly vulnerable. You know what? Even if I'm with a dog. I So guess what? I have to take in my safe little neighborhood in Encino a uh, pepper spray with me because that's how I don't – and my husband doesn't ever think about that. He no. doesn't – and he oftentimes will walk the dog – like if it's at night, he mostly walks the dog at night. But sometimes there's been times where like – I'm going to walk the dog. And I have to think about that. That is a thought that I have every single time. You know, like, there, do there, I feel comfortable? Do I, 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 I don't know. There's something I don't believe about your story. Uh, I mean, you're not am 50. I asking for 
Do I wear a bikini to walk my dog? <laughs> yes, but I feel like that doesn't give the excuse for somebody to harass me. But this is the thing, and it's like uh, this is why there's such a disconnect, and and even people that are like, you know. I, I'm a conservative. I, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not racist. I voted for these policies that, you know, but they've, they've just been, this, my problem with conservatives is so much of what they do is just for them. Right. You know, right. it's just, and it's like, and, and, and so, so like, so like, what do we do? I think first of all, I want to have one more point, which is that a lot of times too, this really bothers me is the, is the, well, I am friends with black people. Of course I'm not racist. I have black (laughs) friends. Of course I'm not against LGBT. I have lots of friends who are gay and I really like them. If that was true, you wouldn't have voted for policies for people that would like to take away rights. Now I have a transgender child you better believe that affects me personally. I would never, it, like, to me, I just go, what age you wanna, uh, did he decide? Eight. Eight. This year, mm-hmm. early this year. But he's mm-hmm. always been, as you've met him when yes. he was a little child, gender, very gender nonconforming. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't a huge surprise. It was a big transition for me. It's, it's been tough. Like, of course, because I'm worried about his future, even before the possibility of Trump winning the election happened. Right. If you've had Just to have a conversation with yeah. your child where you've said you, you are a member of a group called LGBT, the T stands for transgender, and you're transgender, mm-hmm. and you belong to this group where there are people out there who are fighting for your rights. You know, my kid knows that, that the fact that he was born a girl but identifies fully as a boy, and my kid knows that he that makes him an outsider. That's a horrible feeling as a parent to know that your child, through no fault of their own, through just the way they were born and the way they've, they they just are, that's just who they are. Your eight-year-old child is going to be subjected to people that would like to take their rights away, that would like people to be able to discriminate against them if they want to because it goes mm-hmm. against their fucking religious beliefs. <clears throat> So when I hear people go, well, I I'm friends with LG, I'm friends with people in LGBT. Oh, I support that. Well, no, you don't. No, you, you don't. don't. You just you just you said don't. I don't. You just voted against it. You just said I do not support. And you have these. no empathy for somebody who actually is LGBT, LGBT or who is a parent of somebody who actually loves somebody who's LGBT. Because if you did have that experience or could truly empathize, you would not say. Oh no! I voted for Trump, but I you yeah. can't say it's, I'm I against had a guy LGBT. In my, I had a guy on my page go, Graham. I'm Latino. I'm not racist. I voted for Trump. I said, then you are going to get deported before me. I'm a right. straight white male. I'm. They're not. No one's coming for me. Right. No one's taking any. Not one of my rights away. Not one. Right. And this we'll is see. It was, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Like th- this is sickening to me. And even even the 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 Trump supporters that were lashing out at me, they were still slightly more civil than like my girlfriend, you know? Um, and then some of the horrible things, like one of our fans of the show, JD, who uh, does a podcast with Paige Branson, level, uh, mm-hmm. le- level seven access, level seven access, mm-hmm. who you see him briefly in earbuds. He was talking to these, these two awful dudes on my page and they, and he goes, Hey man, I'm a vet. This was on Veterans Day, and they're like, oh, what'd you do in the military? Did you blow all these dudes? Like they, oh were, my God. they were saying awful fucking things to this guy. And anyone who's like, hey, man, anti-Trump people have said mean things online, too. The anti-Trump people, ha- the, the, 
white supremacist groups are being mobilized as a result of this. The KKK right. endorsed this candidate. I'm not making, this isn't liberal, ooh, no, boogeyman crazy. This is happening. Kumail Najani, who is a podcaster, he was, his Indoor Kids was in our festival two years ago. His mm-hmm. wife has sat where you're sitting. On Thursday night, he posted this on his Twitter feed. He was sitting with, I forget the actor's name, one of the other guys in... Um, Silicon Valley, the, the, the other white dude that's not T.J. Miller. <laughs> and um, these guys came up to him, three white guys, and said, hey, man, I, we think you're funny, but I don't like all your anti-Trump posts on Twitter. Kumail says, hey, guys, we don't need to argue politics. We're just hanging out, having a good time. Oh, really? And then they start saying all this crazy stuff. They call them cuck, like cuckold. I don't know what that means, but there's some weird- It's an alt-right thing. Alt-right yeah. thing. Yeah. Challenging him to a fight. They want to step outside. They want to kick his fucking ass. In LA, right? And he's- uh, on, He's on a show. He's on a show, right? Like <laughs> yeah. he's on a fun-loving show. Yeah. He's not on the- He's not a gardener. He's, you know, exactly. And they wanted to fucking fight him in LA. So what do you think is happening to anybody of color? Anybody that's right. of Muslim descent, any, any, any Latino, any woman right. wearing- Here's what I want to say. All you white women that fucking voted for Trump, walk around your town with a hijab on. That's the that's the well, that's the problem. They Wear don't that. have empathy though. There See what isn't ha- empathy going on. And then when people will say, and they're gonna write into your podcast and they're gonna say, that's so unfair because uh, I'm white, that race that conservatives and I didn't are, vote ugh. for him for that reason. Ugh. I know, but this is the thing. This is why I have to why I can't like be on my Facebook page because it's just like they they go, you're misled. You don't understand. Oh, the liberal We're media for change. Yeah. <laughs> it's you're hearing the wrong facts. But wh- when you go, okay, but and listen, by the way, if Hillary was elected, the hate crime right now would probably be worse. So we almost well, they, dodged a bullet. The problem was already before Trump. Yeah, right. These people were being mobilized. Trump is just the, is like the, the, the flag, uh, is like the cherry on the Sunday for them. They were just looking for an excuse the to get going. But, yeah. but it doesn't help, I mean— that he fucking brought Steve Bannon aboard. I know, it's that like was he ridiculous. tries to separate himself and he looks in the camera on 60 Minutes and he goes, Stop it. Don't do these hate yeah. crimes. But Steve Bannon. And then he, he elevates him to like what? Chief of some, some ridiculous yes, position. Chief strategist. Chief, He's yeah. a strategist. Here, and some people have said, I've talked to a, you know, a friend of mine. Uh, you know, who's like, Graham, racism has always been there. Calling out these racists, what's that gonna do? Well, here's what it's not like Trump's victory is is getting is recruiting more racists. Actually, here's what's happening. Here's how this works. Is the th- I've read a, a lot of these stories. It's usually a person, usually a woman who's alone and several guys come up. I guarantee you like in the Kumail story, one guy's the alpha. He's the ringleader. Right. Every, not everybody's, more, more people are, are followers than they are leaders. Right. He's the alpha. He's like, and he's had these ideas in his head for whatever reason and for however long. One of his buddies, let's say, is a guy who grew up in a house without any blatant racism, without any like the Jew media, just those subtle things. His mom's, he's a little boy, his mom's walking down the street with him, sees a bunch of black teenagers being loud and not dangerous, but just, and the mom just kind of crosses the street. Goes, oh, they're a little loud. You know what I'm saying? Those little subtle things like, you know, I don't know if you want to- Well, now to be fair, they might've been loud. (laughs) Yeah. Right, but here's the thing. I will, I was- I'm like, yeah. I was a juvenile (laughs) delinquent as a teenager. 
I got arrested a couple of times and I got slaps on the wrist. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I've, uh, you know, a buddy of mine was just in Chicago and he got pulled over. He's a white dude. The, the cop was like, hey man, you kind of did a little U-turn. He's like, and your your stickers are late. And he's like, man, I'm so sorry. I, my wallet's in the car. Is it cool if I get it? Pops his trunk, digging through a bag in his trunk. Cops standing there, doesn't have his hand on his piece, isn't scared or flipped out. You know, and he goes, Graham, I, if I was black, I never would have been treated that way. Right. So the point is there, so what is happening now? So the kid then whose mom makes him cross the street says all those little, not the blatant racism, but the little subtle things like, you know, um, affirmative action, you know, that's not fair. A best person for the job because that white person doesn't know what it's like to be discriminated against on an institutional level. So that guy's now... Now he's in his 20s, Trump gets elected, and his buddy's like, we're going to, and he's like, yeah, I guess you're right. He's impressionable. He gets swayed easily. So now he's actually being brought over to the far right. There's the problem. This is what happened. This is one of the many problems. (laughs) And this is the thing that I and many others were warning against. If you don't like, there's many of reasons not to like Hillary Clinton and her husband. They're very... Take away the emails or whatever, their, their foundation, they're backed by Goldman Sachs. Right. The Democratic Party is not a populist yeah. party. It's a rich elitist party. Yeah. And this is what happened. And Americans did not want another president named Clinton or Bush. Like we were talking sure. before the podcast, uh, you know, Jeb was by far a better Republican candidate. No one cared. He got nowhere in the primary. So I, I, get all, I get all the reasons if you don't want to vote for Hillary. I understand that. But then are you, you're really carelessly naive to think that your vote for Trump isn't eliciting, I don't think, Americans, we don't get it. We don't get how dangerous this is. I talked to a filmmaker at the festival. She goes, Graham, I have two friends who are Ukrainian. They both said, oh man, this is how it went down in the Ukraine. Putin got a candidate in there, and then this is what led us to the Civil War. Was that candidate a uh, reality show star? (laughs) (laughs) But here's my worry. Okay, if Hillary had been elected, and listen, I would have been, of course, much happier, and my child would be safer under Hillary. But my fear is that this is like a speeding train. I mean, this wouldn't have helped. The Republicans wouldn't have gotten over that. This alt-right movement would have grown exponentially. They would have been crying rigged and... And they would have been rioting in the streets and they would have been much less peaceful than I believe that the Democrats are being protesting. And I don't know what would happen. They would have got Hillary would be gone in four years. And then we would have maybe even something worse. My hope could be is that my hope is that Trump lasts four years. Um, he does all kinds of damage. I mean, I, I don't hope he does damage, but I think but he, he will do damage. You know, the voting population to wake up because the voter fatigue from the Democrats right. would have been overwhelming if if Hillary lasted four years and then we had to vote another Democrat. Even in. historically, when you look at you know eight years of a Democrat, it's very rare that another Democrat wins after that. And right. even eight, after eight years of Republican, even right. historically, when looking at the elections. But now, but we have to let's, figure out. Let's how talk Trump about what we can do. Let's go, well, let's go to a, a bigger issue. Right now, because it, it these are all been really good salient points, and they're uh, problems that haven't been solved uh, for what a hundred years. Yeah. We have a two party system, <sighs> and we're Americans. None of us fit into one or the other. Right. We right. just don't. And I think when you have horrible choices, people make the lesser of two evils, not really um, thinking it through, thinking like you're saying is like, well, no, you pick this horrible choice, you get all this that comes with it. You're not just voting against this. 
what if we had more parties, more choices, more everything? I, I mean, I, I think I this would be more. amazing. Imagine what, what if the debates would have had just just in this election, Trump, Hillary, Gary Johnson, and Jill Stein. What if that would have been the debate on national TV in front of tens of millions of people? Well, I don't think Gary could have held his own in a debate. He exactly, didn't but what know if, anything that would he would have. But that's not my point. Is yeah. they, he wasn't even given a chance on the big stage. Right. The debates are the big stage. That's like the Super Bowl. The quote: "Third party candidate has to hit a certain threshold to be invited which into is the debate, bullshit. which uh, <laughs> is very difficult to hit." I, so he should have been allowed to go up there and show he didn't know dick all about Syria. You know, like we didn't even get a chance, and 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 I think. The the two party system is is such a big part of the problem because and it starts on the primary level mm-hmm. because you to it's shut down there. I mean, you're not even allowed. We had 17 candidates for the Republicans in the primary, all with different views. I'm not just talking about president. And I'm Trump talking about- was the one they were attracted to, sure. who was like a major bully even then. Mm-hmm. Listen, Ben Carson is like freaking out of his mind so but so is Cruz and oh yeah my God. Cruz, no, I mean, they're all yeah. terrible I mean Chris uh-huh. Christie oh my god that that's right. he's one of my he's one of my least favorite people on the planet if you're saying but my but my point is that down. even with with all that people actually went to Trump who was like not giving a shit who was not trying to right. hide what a piece of pe- piece of shit he is he was like being a bully right mm-hmm. there saying me unpresidential mean things talking about penis size like oh, in, and yet people voted for him so i guess what i'm saying is i'm not sure if it was just a matter of like oh we don't have enough parties i i just worry that people are, are really becoming this like attracted to bullies but uh, every Sure. Other person on that stage was a career politician who wanted nothing more than to further their career. So I really think that's what people were. Do you guys think Bernie Sanders could have won yeah. if it was Bernie against That's a Trump? great question. I don't know the answer I, to that. I, 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 I think so. I, I think, and this is the par- problem with the Clintons, you know, yes. it's their party. And yes. we, we decide who gets what. Because imagine if Elizabeth Warren would have run. Or imagine if it was a Bernie Elizabeth Warren ticket. Imagine if there was any of these other more uh, pop. If Bernie, would, he's an independent. Or if he picked Bernie for a VP, if Hillary Clinton had picked Bernie, to you can't. Be the Clintons just had too much baggage. That was right. part of the problem. Yeah. Like they mm-hmm. just, yeah. they just, and I think, you know, Bernie Sanders said this on. He's an independent. He just changed so he could run as a Democrat. As soon as he lost, he's back to being an independent. So yeah, I think, but so's Trump. Trump is yeah. not. Trump is not anything. Well, Trump's not a politician, but he was just a Democrat. I know. Recently, it's, so yeah, he yeah. doesn't count either. Like he doesn't represent yeah. the Republican. Yeah, Party. and the truth is, no one literally, no one knows what he's going to do. I want. I want to say this because because we're running out of time. We, we, we got to get. Yeah. We got to recording another thing. But I, I want to say what, we're not having another election spoiler app. Yeah. <laughs> I, um. Where uh, I will. What do you do, Graham? Let me let me set it up for you. So, Graham, now now that uh, now that um, the emotion is starting to wind down, we're you know accepting the fact that Trump will be president as a voter, as a Democrat, as a liberal, even as a Republican who's not a racist but voted for Trump anyway. What does everyone do for? Do we fight him? He's got really small hands. Yes. Um, yes. Grab he, him by the toupee. He could easily fight him. One quick shot to the throat. Yeah. Um, Grab him by the toupee. Here's what you, here's, here's the thing. For me, okay. my emotion hasn't subsided. It's become more focused and clear. 
my anger is getting driven into action. Me too. Um, anger is not a bad emotion. If it gets violent and crazy, it's bad, but it's like If fire. it's channeled properly, it's great. It's a fi- it's like fire. Yeah. We yeah. call it outrage. Yes. yes. <laughs> it doesn't have to be anger that you right. just walk around like an angry person. Right. We're outraged. So crazy, you know, posting on Facebook and stuff, that's fine. But what needs to happen, and I'll, and I'll sort of paraphrase a little bit about what Elizabeth Warren said, we all need to get involved. The apathy in this country is part of the problem. We had 43% of the electorate not show up. 100 million registered voters didn't vote. Just think about that number for a second. 100 million people didn't vote. Who are those people? Are they just, do they just not know anything about politics? So they're like, I don't know, stay out of this. They were busy. They weren't here. (laughs) This is the problem in America is there's just too much apathy and there's too much, you're overwhelmed. You have, it's not a liberal media. It's a corporate media. There's six companies that own like 90, 95% of every major media outlet. Here's what the media needs. The media needs a fight. They need a tight race. The media created Donald Trump. Yes, they did. They cut, there was times I saw them cut away from Bernie Sanders to an empty podium where Donald Trump was going to speak. The head of CBS said, I don't like Donald Trump, but he's good for ratings. Yep. Of course. So, so Profit driven. So here's the Big thing problem. that needs to happen. Everybody needs to wake up. I'm not, don't spend all day on social media. You'll go crazy. Give yourself a break. Have some fun. Do some cool things. But have a snack. Get for a snack, a yeah. healthy snack. Um, Granola get bar. Focused. <laughs> get. Listen to podcasts. Listen to podcasts. Um, Elizabeth Warren said, get involved with non for profits. Pick a non for profit that you care about. Planned Parenthood, the ACLU, the Environment, the Red Cross, Habitat for Humanity, and get involved. Too many of us have just checked out. We just went, you know, well, Obama hopefully will take care of it or whatever. The, oh, there's, or there's the nothing I can do. You know, Bernie, they kind of stole the election from him and a lot of Bernie supporters just bailed or they voted for Trump out of anger or yes. whatever. Or they just said, oh, the system's broken. It is broken, but it will not get fixed with apathy. Unless you fix it. You have to get involved. And here's the other thing people who just vote every four years, you need to pay attention. Who's on your school board? Who's on your local city council? Who's your local sheriff? You know what I mean? Who's on these local governments? You need to pay attention. And you need to, to support your local sheriff. Support, yeah. <laughs> uh, unless he's that fucking wing bird from Arizona. Arizona. Yeah. Didn't he quit? Yeah, he yeah quit. he's gone. Mm-hmm. He's out. But vote, we talk about this on the show just as moviegoers, but it applies everywhere. Vote with your dollars. Where is your money going? You know, I just found out Wells Fargo, a bank that I personally bank with, according to Bernie Sanders, gives is giving money to the Dakota Pipeline. I'm not going to just go off of what Bernie Sanders says. That's the other thing. You well, see a Facebook you, did main, you hear Elizabeth Warren take down Wells Fargo? It was like beautiful. Yes, it was great. Yeah. So I think June, we can we can we can all believe the Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> yeah. But my point is straight shooter. Do the research. If you see a stat on a Facebook meme, then you might agree with it. Great. Do the research. And to links f- too. A lot of people like you know they'll just put a link to like some weird news article yes. that has no basis in in fact. You know, check it out. See you know see for yourself. Put uh, you know spend money with a with a non for profit. A little bit of money. It, you it know, can really be summed up very simply. Do something good. Every day. Good. You know, use your energy, use your time, use your money, do something good, you know, fight hatred and racism and ignorance um, with, you know, the opposites, really. Inclusion, you know, education, 
uh, charity, all those things, whether it doesn't matter if Republican, Democrat, or who you voted for, those things will make everything better. Participate. Yes. When we don't participate, look, I w- there's times I just, uh, I just want to sit on the couch and watch Luke Cage, which is a fantastic show. Yes. Um, oh, yeah. We're saying we're not going to do any of this. We want you guys to. Right. So. For us. <laughs> Represent us out there. Um, fight the good fight. I'm saying, like, I've done work with the American Red Cross. Um, mm. I, I, you know, I, Jane Wilson got me and a couple other people to be like big brother mentors to a kid. Um, I do that. It's, it's, it's not a, it's not 30 hours a week. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a handful of hours every month. Mm-hmm. I'm saying part- everybody friend Jane Wilson. On yeah, Facebook she's awesome. She's, you she's will amazing. find out, you'll get your call to action. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've done charities for so, her. The shows. Just, it's been we, great. We, did you do the church, the church one? I do recruited. that every year. Yeah, I see you great. every year. There. Yep, yeah. And I also did a, we boxed up goodie bags, goodie uh, goodies for the Hillary Clinton offices for the DNC's uh, in headquarters in different swing states. Yes. Yeah, that was a day. Vote. Me, Daisy Gardner, uh, Kristen. Jane's so, awesome. Yeah, yeah. She's and great. so you know, but support participate. candidates too. Support candidates that you yes. uh, believe in, and right. or run yourself. Call Christ. Elizabeth yeah. Warren and beg her to run in twenty twenty. <laughs> but I mean, like, don't just sit here and go. Well, I'll wait until twenty twenty to do something. There's elections all yeah, the time. Vote with your dollars. Don't give your money There's to gonna companies. There's going to be a midterm. There's going to be a midterm. Yeah. Show up for the midterm. Whoa. Can I? Uh, uh, I'm going to bring this to. Uh, uh, I, I kind of want to mention this because the day after the election, I was fortunate enough to have tickets to go see John Cleese and Eric Idle live. And I went to them out in Thousand Oaks, sold out show. They mentioned the election, of course. In fact, uh, Eric Idle was tweeting like, well, come to the show. There's a few seats left if you want to be cheered up. Um but I was watching, these guys are in their 70s, okay? Maybe even older, maybe maybe like 80s. But they're old men who have had this unbelievable legacy and career as comedians and just making people laugh and spreading joy. And it got me thinking about not only the election, but also in politics, the talk of like legacies. Like everyone's like, oh, Obama's legacy. Now it's in jeopardy. What's Trump's legacy going to be? We're always talking about legacies. But when you look at the legacy of a comedian who has literally spent their entire life, the better part of 60, you know, possibly 50, 60 years, uh, they showed old clips of them on the BBC and they're talking about in college. And this is even before Monty Python and then all through the trials and tribulations. But through the entire thing, they were making people laugh and spreading joy. Now, not that everyone can like be as famous. liberal fam- hippie. Yeah, that, now, now not, not everyone can be as famous as them. But when you look at something like that, you realize that um, it doesn't matter if you're in politics, you're a comedian, you're a performer. Have your legacy being spreading laughter and joy, and everything else will come. Because if you're laughing or you're creating joy, there's no room for hate or prejudice or anything else. So I, it was weird the way that just watching two aged comedians who've had amazing uh, careers got me to think more about the election and politics and ultimately the way forward from here. And I think we address, I mean, are you saying like, hey, let's just not, let's no. not worry no, about no, that. No, no, I'm not saying that at all. Absolutely Joy, not. I no. feel like I can't sit back like, well, let's and try just- it. So, yeah. <laughs> But no, I mean, that's there not was what a little I'm humor in this show. Yeah. yeah. Well, here's the thing, too, and this is what I wanted to say, too. Like, yes, be, be all those things that, that Chris said are wonderful. But also, we got to call out this, these, this racism and this hatred. And when, if you see someone 
What's the best antiseptic? Sunlight. Sunlight. It has to be in the open <sighs> and you got to call it out. And when you see mm. somebody like saying somebody go back and they're just saying some racist thing and or someone's getting hassled, say something, speak up. If you're scared, call the cops, do something, yeah. report it. Even if you're like, I don't like dealing with the police. Yeah. It's time to report it. It's time to get statistics Whether it's a busboy or an actor in Silicon Valley. <laughs> yeah, man. It's like, it's not, it's, it's, it's no joke. There's people and it's going to, it's going to escalate. The little comments and the go back tos, and you, you want to step outside. It's going to escalate to just acts of violence if it hasn't already. Some people, some women have had their hijabs just ripped off their head. I know it's awful. So don't let that happen. And if you think, oh, if you're like, wow, I don't see it happening. It's, it's not really happening. It is. There's, there's. <laughs> so stand up and do something. There's so many ways. A lot of LGBT people have committed suicide in the days following the election, and. You better believe that, like, as a mom to somebody who fits into that group, I need to show my child that, like, I can't just sit back and go, like, well, hey, we live in L.A. Let's just hope. Right. Hope for the best. I mean, like, that, that let's was... just hope Donald Trump didn't mean anything he said. I yeah. can't afford to do that because I have to show my child that I'm going to fight. Yeah. Whether right. it might not have to fight for him, but I'm going to fucking great. fight for people. And this, in like, other let's states. all let's all rally behind. You mean the yeah. Republicans oh, work together? Oh, Mitch McConnell, no. who said we're going to block Obama in 2010 at every move. Oh yeah, he Fuck said that as them. soon as he got elected. Yeah, and he made good on his promise. And he they literally said they were paralyzed that president. Hillary Clinton, if she got elected, that the first thing they were going to do is go for impeachment. Wow. That's uh, what they were saying. So you know, and now st- they're like, whoa, how unfair. I'll be you know, funny st- and bring the comedy and the love and the light, but I am not taking anyone's fucking bullshit and I'll call no. you out on it. And, and if you I got to die an honorable death defending there's, somebody, there, I will. There is, there's no reason why you should. Absolutely. I mean, Stefan and I, you know, we have to explain to our kids, you know, about this election and what it means and going forward. And, uh, you know, we framed it the same way that you did. It's like, look, mommy and daddy voted. This is not the result we wanted, but now we work to make things better. And a lot of the questions I get, uh, sometimes like when you're being interviewed, like from people, like even on podcasts with somebody who doesn't have kids, they say, well, why would you have kids? Why would you have kids and bring them into this horrible world right now? And uh, the answer, it's a cliche, but it's always the same. So they can make it better. So we can instill our values into them mm-hmm. so then they can carry on the fight in the next generation to make it better because it needs work. And also because we like to buy them cute clothes. Yeah, exactly. Take pictures of them and put them on Facebook. <laughs> and take them to Disneyland. <laughs> There's nothing like taking... I've taken my nieces and nephews to Disneyland. It's, there's nothing like taking kids to Disneyland. I know. It really is amazing. All right, guys. Ah. Uh. We don't I'm have exhausted. time for the rest of this. There's some DVDs and some movies coming out. Go I'm check them out. I'm about to lose a lot of friends you know on what? Facebook. We'll, um, we'll talk about them next week. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much. And um, uh, I hope this is giving you food for thought. And um, if you are like really mad at what we said and you're a big Trump supporter in this really- Well, then you've you. already tuned out. You haven't yeah. heard it. Tune us the fuck out and <laughs> stop listening. Um, if, you, if you like what you heard, tell your friends and family and spread the word because we got to keep talking because it's not, it's not going to get fixed in a day or a week or a month. Mm-mm. It's got to get- It's going to take at least four to five months. It's going to take, yeah. It's th- these, are, <laughs> yeah. These, are, these are decades long problems. That That's okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's come on. We can, it's, it's like email. Yeah, quick. we'll just quick it. <laughs> yeah, these are decade long problems that are going to take a lot of work. It's not one thing caused this. It won't be one thing to fix it. Yeah. So thank you so much, Stephanie Wilder. Taylor, where can people find you on the World Wide Web? Uh, to complain. <laughs> find me on Facebook, but don't comment on my wall. Um, 
What uh, Twitter S Wilder Taylor uh, mm-hmm. for crying out loud is my podcast. Mm-hmm. My other one. Oh, and also Finding Prince Charming. Oh no, sorry. What's Rose Pricks? Okay, Rose Pricks Pod is my other podcast, and I will be covering The Bachelor in January with Ronnie Karam from Watch What Crappens. Watch What Crappens, yeah. yeah. Oh. He's, mm-hmm. And he is super funny. Mm-hmm. And, Those guys um, are hilarious. They were in the festival. They're very funny. Yeah, and we, Ronnie and I do not talk politics at all. We just, uh, we just... Po- talk Bachelor. Poke, yeah. <laughs> poke <laughs> fun at The Bachelor. <laughs> so come join us. So And you're still doing uh, For Crying Out Loud yes. at the Corolla Network. I sure am. Mm-hmm. And guys... You know, uh, somebody posted last week during the election, you, you know, your episode was a fun um, distraction from all this. We're going to every episode isn't going to be 90 minutes of talking about the election. We're going to keep the comedy going, but we're not we're going to give you uh, escapism a little bit with the show, but we're also going to stay involved. So just so you know. Chris is like, I'm not. <laughs> no, no, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm done. So. Chris is checked out. Hashtag not all podcasters. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, guys, November 17th, Earbuds the Podcasting Documentary is for sale. Yes. Comedyfilmnerds.com. Yeah. You can download it. Uh, it's pretty great, I have to say. And I can't wait. We we have different choices. It. Yep, you are. I you're am? In it. You are. You're in yeah. it. Yeah, you're in. I you, thought I didn't make it. No, you made it in. We yeah. just have an arrow pointing at you saying libtard the whole time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. uh, yeah, you can get it in uh, standard def, high def, and also, even if you're a Kickstarter backer, we're releasing a bunch of extras. Uh, and that'll be like two ninety nine. It's a zip file. You can zip out, I think it's six or seven featurettes. And then if you want just the whole thing, there's one combo pack where you could get the movie and all the extras. In Standard def. For Am I in a featurette? You are not in a featurette. <laughs> no, <I'm sorry. laughs> all right. You're in the feature film. Yes. You're in the big, you're in the big, <laughs> the big yeah. part. Um, but yeah, $7.99 for standard def, $8.99 for high def, um, $2.99 for the bonus features, and $10.99 if you want yeah. bo- if you want high def and bonus together. And if you're a Kickstarter backer, you've either already gotten your link to download the yes. movie or uh, you will shortly. So it's been such an amazing experience with earbuds. We're so happy to put it out there. Oh, we cannot wait to get it. To you. It's like ridiculous how long it's, it's been. It's like a, a. It's like we have like a twenty-year-old kid that's like you need finally to leaving out, the house. Get yeah, a job. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You just well, thirty-year-old kid. Yeah, it's like a. 30, <laughs> right, you've been here a little too long. It's a thirty-five-year-old. <laughs> yeah. Let's call it what it is. Um, but like, uh, and and any of you are like, hey, well, it will be on iTunes and stuff like that. Probably about three months down the road. Yeah, yeah, not yet, but not yet. Uh, it will be. We will have it on DVDs. Will be available probably in the mm-hmm. next month. We didn't want to wait anymore, so we're kind of rolling everything out in stages. The first thing we wanted to get the digital one available, then the DVD, and then the other platforms will be next. So, so you want to vote with your dollars? Is the money you're going to buy this movie is going to do several things? It's going to Pay back the company the, the money that it spent. <laughs> yes. Uh, just a full disclosure, Gra- Kickstarter was great, and we couldn't have done it without you, but Graham and I did put a fair amount into this movie to finish it, so yeah. we're still in the hole. So we need to get paid back, um, and then if it does really well, um, know that your money is going towards the expansion of Comedy Film Nerds, doing more things, probably hiring some people. Uh, we More content. More content, and... You know, if it really does well, we want to get the money to make more movies. Yes. We just want to keep making more movies. That's mm-hmm. what we want to do. We want to be- We're going producing. into production. We want to be going into production. So that's what you guys are supporting, and it's a fantastic movie, and we're really proud of it, and we're thankful to all of you guys that helped out either as Kickstarter backers, or we interviewed you, or both, or you tweeted about it, or whatever. Yep, we couldn't it's, thank you enough. And so you know, awesome. Stephanie's a Kickstarter supporter as well. I am, but mm-hmm. I didn't get a link. 
Sorry. So, um, yeah. we, don't, we don't send one to liberals. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, Maybe your libtard computer didn't see it. <laughs> Maybe you're done belly aching about the results of this election. Because, um, um, yeah, if uh, Trump won the the general but lost the electoral, he'd take it standing. He'd just accept the results. Yeah. If he won <laughs> the majority of the votes. Anyway, uh, thank you so much, Stephanie Wilder-Taylor. Um, any other announcement? Oh, November 17th, actually. Uh, if you're in LA, we're going to be sc- having a screening party. It's in two days at the lab at the Hollywood Improv. Mm-hmm. Um, it's first come, first serve. It seats about 60 some people. So reserve your seat or get down there early. 730, right? 730. Doors open at seven. And then when the movie's over, we're just going to move over to the bar at the Improv and have a little party and celebrate. Fun. So come down to the Improv yeah. this Thursday, November 17th at seven. It's time to get a sitter. I just got one last night. Oh, you did? Yeah. I'm going to see. I will see if I can get a sitter. That'd mm-hmm. be fun. Come mm-hmm. by and hang out. See yourself on the big Thursday screen. night. Thursday night? Yeah. Early, though. You know, it's parent time, 730. So we can, can still get home before. Yeah. Okay. You can be as back as over the hill by 10. Yeah. That's manageable. Um, all right, guys. <laughs> Thank you, Stephanie. My name is Graham Elwood. And I'm Chris Mancini. And as always, remember, Trump forever. <laughs> <laughs> Just no, what? No. Oh, all right. Oh, write down the time hashtag, code. <laughs> hashtag make America great again. Uh, remember, everyone, Han, Han shot, shot first. first. Pay attention. Get involved.